You have found Behind the Lines, presented by BetMGM, part of the Lions Podcast Network, for the NFC and AFC Championship games. Only three games left in the NFL season. My name is Steven Andrus, managing editor at thelines.com. Joined each and every week graciously on this show by the trading manager over at BetMGM, Christian Cipollini. In this episode, we will look back at the divisional round, the biggest public wins, the biggest public losses, whether or not it was a winning or losing week for the book over at BetMGM. We will also look ahead to the early week spreads and totals for the NFC and AFC championship game. Also, Super Bowl look-ahead lines here, what Christian would make the lines for the Super Bowl and Super Bowl 58, regardless of what the matchups would be. And lastly, a fun little nugget about golf betting after the first amateur won in 30 years last week in Nick Dunlop, what that was like at the book for Christian and his team. First of all, Christian, how are you? Thank you again for your time, sir. Of course. Uh, doing, doing well. Uh, down to only a few football games left, though, so that one's a bummer. Yeah, certainly bittersweet, that is for sure. And what was the divisional round week like for you guys? Was it a public win or a public loss? Ended up being a public win. Uh, Saturday was a winning day, but Sunday was a losing day for us. Um, starting with the two games that were nine and a half to ten point favorites, um, we did take a lot of. Initially, we were taking uh, a lot of Ravens bets, uh, but then actually we ended up taking a ton of people betting uh, the Texans plus ten and a half, plus nine and a half. So by the end of it, we were actually ended up rooting for the Ravens to uh, to just end up winning would, would any which way would have been okay so that one was great and then the 49ers game as well 49ers not covering was great we ended up in both games we had a lot of liability on Texans money line and on Packers money line so either of those teams winning outright actually probably would have ended up either being a loser or just barely breaking even with how much money we ended up taking on both money lines um, okay. so ended up being ideal with 49ers winning not covering which ended up being what we needed although we are getting into a very tricky time because 49ers are bad for us uh liability on the Super Bowl outright same with the Lions so we're now getting to the point where winning some games but we have a lot of liability on the back end that we got to worry about uh, so and then is, in this, is that yeah, just to follow up on that Christian is is that fair to say then that the worst outcome Super Bowl wise for BetMGM would be the 49ers winning the Super Bowl at this point, either NFC team winning is our, about our worst outcome. The 49ers are, are pretty bad, and then the Lions are about just as bad. Um, tough to tell exactly which one's worse at this point. They're both about the same, uh, and we'll see as how it goes the next week, and then whatever one wins is going to get worse as that goes too. So uh, we were probably hoping that one of the Lions or 49ers didn't make it just because those were our two biggest liabilities remaining. Um, but at this point, we're, we're on to the, an AFC team that we'll need. Off the top of your head, how has that evolved? Because the Niners were basically a big favorite among the favorites since you know you guys opened the market after the last Super Bowl. Meanwhile, you've talked about several times on this podcast about how the Michigan market is a big deal for you guys, and you always get a ton of Lions backers supporting them each and every week. And I'm sure this year in particular, you've gotten more Super Bowl bets on the Lions than maybe any year you've ever had. So has it always been Niners and then the Lions liability came later, or has it always been both at the same time since jump? Lions were day one. For wow. About day one, we were taking Lions bets. Uh, they were excited for sure, the hometown betting on their team. So pretty much all summer, they were a decent liability and then moved on as the season went on, you know, having a pretty good year. Uh, we were taking uh, consistent bets from there. Uh, the 49ers is a little bit different because on our digital side, uh, any of our, you know, mobile app betting, 
the 49ers are actually not uh, a liability when it comes to just our digital side of things. But when we get to the retail books, that's where the 49ers uh, have taken a lot of liability. So a, lar- a large chunk of that comes out of Nevada too, mm-hmm. which is probably more, since there is no mobile betting out in California, probably more 49er fans uh, that do end up betting probably go to Las Vegas to bet there. So that's how our liability ended up climbing uh, differently for them. Um, but it's also just them being the favorite pretty much throughout the season is always going to entice uh, bets as they come. So, All right, just your personal opinion then here. I'm not going to hold you to this, but you know, you just told me that your company is rooting for the AFC team to win the Super Bowl. You only get one of them in the game. So if you could choose right now, would you rather go to war with Lamar and the Ravens or Mahomes and the Chiefs to try and save that liability for you guys? Two pretty good outcomes at this point because you're always going to feel pretty good with Mahomes because he just somehow finds a way every time. Uh, but the Ravens have looked really, really good. So I think I picked the Ravens just at this moment because that team just seems like they're just rolling right now. Uh, it seems like anyone that gets in their way is in trouble. Last question about the divisional round, then we'll move on to the uh, the conference championship odds. You know, that, that Mahomes versus Josh Allen battle again. We both know that New York is just a massive market for sports betting at this point. I, if I had to guess, the Bills losing was a good result for you guys. Is that fair? Yeah. So, so on Sunday, the Lions was our worst outcome. Uh, you know, pretty much we're taking all Lions bets every which way. So that one ended up being our biggest losing one. Uh, but then the, those other three were okay. So Chiefs Bills ended up being uh, closer to 50 50. Um, we ended up winning because we ended up having just more Bills money, but most of the people were betting the Bills minus two and a half. And then if you were betting the Chiefs, you took the Chiefs on the money line. Um, so that that one was one where it was either going to be a small winner or a small loser either way. Uh, not like the Lions game, which was going to be a massive winner or a massive loser either way. So we ended up getting like closer to 50-50 action on that, but a lot of it was on Chiefs money line. So it just made it more of a small winner. Fair enough. Okay, Christian, let's move forward here to conference championship weekend, early week spreads and totals over at BetMGM. A scheduling reminder here, it is the AFC championship up first with a 3.10 p.m. kickoff on Sunday, followed by the NFC championship with a 6.40 p.m. kickoff on Sunday. Christian, let's start with the AFC championship game, Chiefs in Baltimore against the Ravens. Yeah, so the Ravens, this one's going a little bit back and forth around this three-point number. Um, but the, right now, we have the Ravens at minus three and a half uh, with a 44 and a half point total. I can tell you that our lead NFL writer, Eli Hershkovich, took a piece of the Ravens when it dropped down to minus three, a juice minus three. I can tell you that I took the Chiefs at a plus three and a half when it was juiced. So... Our staff is mirroring the market here, and I'm guessing, you know, Christian, this doesn't surprise you because you get to this point in the season where you only have two games left on the NFL schedule. The entire betting world's eyes is fixated on two games as opposed to, you know, 16 games in a season. So there may be stronger opinions around, you know, both sides of a game and good spreads equal good action, right, on both sides. Yeah, at this point, at least in this Chiefs-Ravens one, I'm not expecting us to have a real lean either way. I think we're going to end up getting fairly close to around 50-50 money on this one. I mean, as of right now, uh, Ravens at minus three, we have a ton of liability on Ravens minus three, but Chiefs at plus three and a half, we have a lot of liability there. So pretty much wherever you've gotten the number, the early the early bettors know how key those that, that key number is. Uh, so they've been hitting it on each side that they can. 
Uh, but I, I think that's kind of how this is going to fall. We're probably going to go back and forth around this three uh, for most of the week, um, and and we'll I think we'll get pretty close to two-way action here. Fair enough. Let's move on to the NFC Championship game. The Detroit Lions are in San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Just like the AFC side, this is the one seed versus the three seed. Unlike last week where there was rain in Santa Clara affecting the outcome of that game and how it was played, it looks like sunny skies and a perfect you know, spring-like day in San Francisco. So uh, where are we at here, Christian, on spread and total? The 49ers are seven-point favorites with a 51-point total. How would you describe some of the early action that you've seen on this game? Has there been any movement in terms of the number on the spread? Uh, yeah, it has. Uh, I believe we opened at six and a half, um, and we've gone up to seven now. Although we have personally at BetMGM, we've taken nothing but Lions money so far. Uh, they were, I'm sure, they all won over the weekend uh, and instantly reinvested that money right back in uh, to see if they can do it again against the 49ers. Um, I think as we get closer to to game time, I, I think it'll stay for us personally, just because of the Michigan uh, fan base. But I also don't think that this one will be crazy killing us one way or another, uh, just because I, I'd imagine there's going to be a ton of uh, you know non-Detroit fans. I'd imagine everyone outside of Michigan is probably going to take the 49ers on this one. So I'll, we'll see how it shakes up, but we know we'll definitely take a lot of Lions action. If you guys are getting enough public money, in this case from the Michigan area and Detroit fans, is this a line that can shift and move based on public action as opposed to most lines that are moving based on sharp action? Uh, see, probably not too, too much just because if we end, you know, when we get outside of market, like I've said, you know, people understand those key numbers. So when yeah. you get to end up getting a lot of value, the farther that will trail out. If this one is floating around six and a half and seven, um, you know, there might be times where we might strategically go to six and a half just because, you know, we know we're going to take how much Lions money we're going to take. Um, but it would all kind of depend on what the market's really sitting like. If the market's really firm on seven, uh, you know, we won't we won't shell too much off that. But um, lastly, you have an injury situation in this game, and it's a big one for the 49ers. Debo Samuel, Adam Schefter said on Monday he's 50 50 whether he plays in this game. You and I both know there are cases throughout the season where news comes out about a player and you will move a line based on that injury news. But in this case, your handle is just astronomical with it being conference championship weekend and only two games on the schedule. So how are you dealing with this Debo Samuel injury as a as the manager of the trading desk over there? Yeah, it's probably once we get a little bit more clarity, that's probably where we'll see that movement. Um, I'd imagine that comes off that seven if we get confirmed that Debo won't play. Um, I, right now, we're kind of operating a little bit unsure, but probably leaning more towards, at least from the book's perspective, leaning towards acting as if he will play. Hmm. Um, so yeah, those ones are tough, but it, this one's a little bit better than we've had in the past. At least there's no QB injury news. That's where it really, really would be a problem for us. Yeah, just one man's opinion as a not only a better but a 49ers fan, what you just said makes a ton of sense to me. If he plays, seven makes a lot of sense to me. If he doesn't play, seven doesn't make a lot of sense to me from what we've seen from the 49ers offense when they're not at, at full health. So certainly understand that. And this total is interesting too. I mean, Lions defense has been not great. They've given up a ton of yards per play. They've gotten extremely fortunate with turnovers down in the red zone. The 49ers um, – I mean, I'm going to talk more about this on the Megapod. 
I tend to give them a bit of a pass from what they were dealing with and what actually played out in that Packers game. But by the metrics, they can be run on. So um, I'll talk more about that analysis on the Megapod, but certainly understand why this is at 51 in particular because of the Lions defense. I'll just tell everybody that I've already bet the under in this game. And a lot of it has to do with the way the NFL has been this year. And it's hard to go over a total of 51 when you're not in a dome environment with two very bad defenses. And we only have one very bad defense in this game, in my opinion. So again, tune in this weekend with Matt Brown, Adam Candy and myself, and that'll be you know the full handicap I have for this game. Okay, Christian, let's move forward here to look ahead lines for the Super Bowl. These aren't quite up yet at BetMGM, but as the trading manager over there, you are well-versed in giving us your uh, educated opinion on what some of these spreads would be for these matchups. Let's start with the Baltimore Ravens and the hypothetical matchups here, depending on who they play. We'll start with you know the battle of the one seeds, if that were to happen. Again, neutral field, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. So Baltimore Ravens against the San Francisco 49ers. What would you make that spread? Yeah, so uh, this one would be the closest one of all the outcomes. Um, you know, we've already seen this game where the 49ers, I believe, were four and a half, five and a half point favorites uh, in that game. Yeah, I'll double uh, check this, that for us. Yeah, I, I believe it was somewhere around four and a half, five and a half. But uh, that would probably drastically change at this point um, where the 49ers would still be the favorite, but probably around one and a half, two, two and a half points, somewhere, somewhere in that range um, would be where it would be now. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if you take away home field advantage, that first meeting between the Ravens and Niners, you're right, was around four and a half on a neutral. And the fact that we're through the key number of four, through the key number of three, well below that, I mean, that is a massive shift, right? Not only slightly, yeah. I assume that's not only slightly down for the Niners, but very much an uptick for the Ravens too, right? Yep, exactly. A combo of both. The Ravens have, have looked flawless pretty much ever since that game. Um, and the 49ers are obviously still very good, but they've you know, been a little bit obviously more shaky than the than the, Ra uh, the Ravens have over the last few weeks. Okay, so the Lions are seven-point dogs on the road in San Francisco right now. If they were to win this game, you have to imagine you uptick them a little bit because they would have just beaten the Niners. Not on an away field, a neutral field against the Ravens. What's that spread? Yeah, so this would uh, this would be the highest spread of any outcome that we would have. But uh, at this one, this one will go over the three-point number, and this would be somewhere around four and a half to five and a half 49ers. What if the, the, sorry, the, Ravens. the Ravens, yeah, Ravens minus four and a half or five if they play the Lions. And what would the Lions be if they play the Chiefs? So a little bit closer, uh, but not too, too much. Uh, still over three, probably around three and a half to four. Okay. And lastly, a potential Super Bowl rematch from a few years ago, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs against the San Francisco 49ers minus Jimmy Garoppolo plus Brock Purdy. How about this spread? Yeah, this one would be uh, right there on three. 49ers would be three-point favorites. Okay. I don't have strong opinions here about most of these. Obviously, you get to the Super Bowl, and um, I think at this point I do have to knock down the Niners a little bit if Debo Samuel's not going to play. I think if they get to the Super Bowl, he probably will play unless he's, there's a re-injury this weekend. So, oh, man, it's – I would you agree, Christian, that other than, you know, the Lions who are clearly going to be, you know, sizable underdogs here, field goal or more, no matter who they would play, if it's the Niners, 
I mean, how do you decipher, you know, if there's an edge in these games? You know, you get to this point and you have the greatest quarterback maybe ever, the most well-rounded team in the Ravens, and a juggernaut of an offense in the Niners all year. Like, we're <laughs> very small differences, right, at this point. How do you how do you have a strong opinion either way with these, right? Yeah, I mean, that's why those three outcomes we mentioned all are, are right around, or at least those those two, 49ers Chiefs or 49ers Ravens, all would be within three points. So uh, they'd be factored to be a close game, just, you know, both both teams getting there at that point, you've you know you've earned being good, especially if it's Ravens Forty uh, ers That that could end up being close to a pick'em uh, by game time. They both have Forty ers and Ravens have clearly been the best two teams throughout this whole season. Um, Chiefs obviously with Mahomes, that's how you get there all the time. But they've been shaky throughout the year. But Forty ers Ravens have been the most solid. The most interesting part to me is that now the Ravens have gone on a streak of crushing the Niners in San Francisco, dismantling the Dolphins, dismantling the Texans in the second half of that game. If they win this week, they will have dethroned the defending champs and the best quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. And despite all of that, their rating is still below the 49ers, at, at least for now. Like maybe the market will say, hell no, and that'll flip from plus one and a half to a small favorite. But that's got to at least be interesting to you, right? That we still have the Niners as the top team. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens, I mean, pretty much killed the 49ers when they played. And then you're going to come back in the Super Bowl and they're going to be underdogs in that game, which would be interesting. Rare, very rare, but also just speaks to how good of a overall team the 49ers are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Christian, let's wrap up here with a fun nugget from the golf world. This past week at the American Express on the PGA Tour, 20-year-old Alabama sophomore Nick Dunlap became the first amateur to win on the PGA Tour since Phil Mickelson did it back in the early 90s, about 30 years. From a betting perspective, yeah, nobody's really made a lot of money this year. That's like the, the third consecutive huge long shot to win this season on the PGA Tour. So I'm just curious, did you take any bets on Mr. Dunlap, and what odds were you seeing at the book for him after looking back once the tournament finished? Yeah, so pre-live, before the tournament started, we only took one bet uh, on Nick uh, to win the tournament at 400-1. to uh, But unfortunately, that player cashed out that bet oh my uh, before God. the tournament started. So it would have been a very nice winner. It was only a small bet, uh, but we only took one before the tournament started. Do you know how much the bet was for that he cashed out? What what he would have won? Uh, the bet was under ten dollars, but it, I mean, it would have been you know a, a over a thousand dollar payout for yeah. the player. Yeah. Unreal. I'm sure he's kicking himself on that one. Unreal. And did you have a, a, a ticket that cashed at some point here? Uh, yeah, once once the tournament started going, especially after day one, then we started taking bets on them at eighty to one. Most of the tickets that that were cashed were at around the eighty to one range uh, after day one. But but we didn't really see any uh, pregame that no, no no takers pregame for the amateur. Unreal, unreal stuff. I my condolences to the person who cashed out that wherever you are. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I don't I, if. My DMs are open. Reach out to me on Twitter at Steven Andrus and the number one. I would love to hear your story as to how you cashed out that ticket and why and what it was like seeing the results at the end of the week. Um, 
I'm I'm sure you've won other bets along the way, not doing it to try and make fun of you at all. But my God, what an awesome story that would be to hear from you. So my DMs are open. Reach out to me if you happen to hear this and uh, and want to tell your story. That's that's amazing stuff, Christian. Um, and the best part is Mr. Dunlap wins as an amateur, gets all the perks of a winner on the PGA Tour and all the access to future tournaments, and then immediately withdraws from this week's Farmers Insurance <laughs> Open because what else is there to accomplish as an amateur? I mean, he's he's skyrocketed 4,000 places in the official world golf rankings. He can play in whatever tournament he wants now as a PGA Tour member. Winning the Farmers Insurance Open literally does nothing else for him financially, so good for you, Nick. Like, why bother playing this week? Figure out if you want to turn pro, come back when you can make some money, and uh, and enjoy your time in college while you still have it, my friend. You know, the amazing stuff, amazing story. And, uh, I mean, my God, the, it would be amazing to have nerves of steel like that. Like, if he's a 10 out of 10 on nerves of steel, Christian, uh, how would how would you describe yourself? Like, where are you on the nerves of steel <laughs> range? One out of 10. One yeah, out I mean, of 10? <laughs> standing, <laughs> over that, standing over that six-foot putt on the 72nd <laughs> hole, how how wide are you missing the cup? I would if, if I would have had that day one, I would have I would have shot a ninety on day two at that point. I would have been so nervous. Amazing, amazing stuff. I'm right there with you. No chance in hell I would have made the putt if I even had any chance in hell of getting to that putt. So yeah, awesome stuff. Christian, as always, appreciate your insight. Fantastic show this week. We'll be back next week for the opening odds and analysis of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty Eight in Las Vegas. We're also going to talk about next week how to bet on the Super Bowl if you're going to be in Nevada in Las Vegas for the big game and how all that works, the logistics around it. Christian will brief us on that because it's a little different than uh, some of the other states that are out there if you're in a a place like me where you can just pull out your phone and deposit and bet. So Christian's going to walk us through all that. So stay tuned for that next week. For Christian Cipollini, I'm Steven Andrus. Thanks for watching. Best of luck with your bets in the AFC and NFC championship games.